0: All right, uh, let's get serious if we could. This is uh, kind of uh, discouraging, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people listening are going to be able to relate to it. Angus Reid survey just was released. Nearly half of all Canadians say they are finding it difficult or very difficult to feed their families. That's because of inflation and the rising cost of groceries. Uh, inflation, as we know, is at a 31-year high. 49% of respondents now report it finding difficult finding it uh, difficult or very difficult to feed their families due to food prices. That rose 8.7% year over year in March. In fact, that number is up from 36% the last time Angus Reid conducted a similar survey in April 2019. And there are people uh, that are sounding the alarm bell now. And they're saying, look, we are on Canada is on the cusp of a facing a terrible food crisis. And it's not because we don't have enough food. But there are 5.8 million people living in food insecurity. Here to give us a better idea as to what is causing the food insecurity and this looming problem, Valerie Tarasuk is a nutritional science professor who leads a, a food security research team at the University of Toronto. Valerie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, I uh, saw you quoted in a really interesting article done by the Globe and Mail over the weekend, and I would love for you to uh, you know, talk about how we got here, first of all, if we are truly facing a terrible food crisis in Canada. Well, I, I mean,
1: maybe we're facing a food crisis, but I guess what I'd say is we've got a problem of food insecurity. We've got a whole lot of people in Canada that are struggling to make ends meet, and among the manifestations of that struggle is that they're unable to afford the food they need for themselves and their families. And believe it or not, this has been a problem for a while. I mean, the public face of it is food banks, and as you know, you know, we've had food banks for what feels like ever now. Um, but we've for a long time been measuring this problem on the large Statistics Canada surveys, and so that's where numbers like this 5.8 million come from, that we know that we've got a swath of the population that are struggling day in and day out to manage. So it's a long, it's a long-standing problem that I think is probably being exacerbated now with these rising prices.
0: Right. And it's not that we don't have enough food. It's that food's expensive. Is it that our wages are not keeping up? Is that the main problem here?
1: Well, part of it is that about prior to the pandemic, about two-thirds of households that were food insecure were in the workforce. And so those were people who were working but still not able to you know, not not able to bring in enough income to cover basic, you know, shelter and food costs and other things. And so who is that? Well, they were people working short-term, part-time jobs, um, low-wage employment. But also, if you think about it, you know, even with minimum wages rising as they have been recently, you know, if somebody's trying to feed a, uh, themselves and, you know, one other person on a minimum wage, it's not enough money. Mm-hmm. So, so, so there, there's two things. One is people not actually having full-time secure employment, and the other being that for, the, you know, people, people with wages that would be okay maybe if they were just trying to survive on their own, but if they're trying to support other people with those wages, they're just not enough. So absolutely, that's been part of the problem. I mean, one of the ways that we've heard about it through the pandemic is you think about like last year or the year before at this time where we were getting these reports of workers that couldn't afford to stay home, right? They didn't have benefits. They knew they were at risk of COVID infection, but they couldn't afford to stay home. My guess is if I'd been able to drive over there with a survey, they all would have been food insecure.
0: What exactly does food insecure mean for the average person listening?
1: Well... The way that we measure it is um, actually very complicated, but it starts with asking people if they ever have worried, if they are worrying about running out of food and not having money to buy more, so really like not having something to eat. And then there are some questions about compromises in quality, so, you know, not being able to feed yourself or your children a balanced diet because you don't have money for food. But most of the questions are about food deprivation, so going hungry but not eating, um, at worst case, going whole days without eating, all because of a lack of money for food. So, it's a more severe thing than the questions that are being asked on that Angus Reid poll that you cited earlier. So, we're picking up, you know, a subset of that larger group that are saying, they're you know, everybody is noticing the rising prices of food and everybody's wincing when they get to the grocery store, right? That's, that's an experience that everybody's having right now in the same way. Everybody who's got a vehicle is having that experience when they drive up to a a gas pump. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but, but only a portion are, are really going to be in a position where they're not actually eating because they don't have money for food. And that's what food insecurity is picking up. The people that are, that are, that are, are not able to eat in the way that they should because they don't have enough money.
0: In this Globe and Mail article, uh, you say that um, we need people to be food-secure employers. You think businesses have to own the problem. I don't have a lot of time left with you, but can you explain why you think that the business community needs to address uh, food security and insecurity right now?
1: Well, I think that the fact that such a large proportion of people who are food-insecure in the workforce means that for them, employment isn 't protecting them from this very terrible problem why well we 've got employers who have constructed jobs in ways that work for them so to have people on short term part time contracts you know uh, zero hour contracts gig workers you know people who don 't have um, don't have any benefits and aren 't even guaranteed a minimum number of hours each week and for a long time we 've had major employers who have been um, kind of picking away at job security for their workers because that's benefited them, right? To, you know, to have people on call that you're only paying by the hour and that you don't have to pay any benefits to and that don't get any kind of a drug plan or a pension plan or anything else, like, you know, for, from an employer's perspective, that works beautifully because those people cost less. Um, but But... But if we were to move to the, you know, a more enlightened way of thinking around uh, food secure employers, then we'd have people constructing employment that was permanent and full time and with benefits. And there are many arguments for doing that. I mean, you know, you end up with a better better worker, a better workforce. Um, so it, you know, in, in, in the end, it should be a win-win, but, you know, especially in large centers like Toronto, you know, it's, it's been, I think a little bit too easy for people to, you know, have these really, um, really poor employment arrangements and still somehow manage to fill, fill hours because so many people need money.
0: Yeah. Well, it seems that the, uh, I hate to use this phrase, the chickens are coming home to roost because yeah, workers are not putting up with it anymore well
1: and we're I mean we're, let's hope the pendulum swings back yeah. right uh, yeah but but it's a statement on how bad things have gotten mm-hmm. um, that we now suddenly find ourselves with people walking away from jobs because they're simply not giving them a good enough arrangement, but yeah, I think uh, moving forward to have um, employers offering uh, you know employment opportunities that give people full time employment with benefits is i mean it's it, it will help us all and it will it will go a long way towards dealing with food insecurity in this country.
0: Yeah, we know that pe- businesses are having a hard time with uh you know labor shortages. people do not want to settle for this anymore, yeah. and I think uh, times are a change and hopefully Valerie, it's been a really interesting conversation. Thank you so much for joining us
1: Well, thank you very much for having me
0: Have a great day. Valerie Tarasuk is a nutritional science professor who leads a food security research team at the University of Toronto. So hopefully the pendulum is swinging.